Question. Are we a Puritan nation? To find this answer, we need to start by looking at the Puritans who came over on the ship, the Arabella. As an aside, if you want a full account of this topic, and a book that is way more interesting than you might think based on the content, check out The Wordy Shipmates by Sarah Vowell. She's a fantastic author who writes in an entertaining as well as informative way. Also, she is the voice of Violet from Disney Pixar's The Incredibles. I mention that because it's one of my favorite movies, but also when you listen to the audiobook, if you go that route, it's going to bug you who she sounds like the entire time. So just, you know, fair warning. Sarah Vowell, check her stuff out. It's awesome. Anyway. The Puritans who came over on the ship, the Arabella, and set up shop in Boston and Newtown, which would become Cambridge, were not the separatists, or pilgrims as we often call them. That's the group that landed at Plymouth, met Squanto, planted corn with the fish, all that good stuff. Yeah, this isn't them. While they had many similar beliefs, the pilgrims believed in separating from the Church of England, while the Puritans wanted to reform or purify the church. As this is a podcast and not a book, I won't go into the minutiae of the religious politics of the early 17th century. If you want a more detailed version of that, again, check out The Wordy Shipmates. What I will say, though, is that the Puritans of Massachusetts Bay and the Pilgrims of Plymouth Colony both believed in a strict form of Presbyterian, Calvinist, Reformationist Christianity. It's a mouthful, but just kind of get used to it. But slightly varied versions thereof. If that seems really specific, it is. Minor differences often separate churches who believe basically the same thing. Southern Baptist churches of the southeastern part of the United States come to mind as an example today. I remember vacationing down there when I was young and seeing on one block First Baptist Church, then a block down Second Baptist, and then Third Baptist, and Fourth, and so on each with a slightly different view of what was acceptable in their church. This was how the Puritans of the 17th century saw themselves. Their slightly different branch of Calvinism was the one true version, therefore they were saved, and nobody else was. The Puritans ran their colony very strictly, merging the church and state, something we today don't often see. The upshot of doing so was that any time anyone broke the law, they also sinned and were not a part of the truly saved Christians, unless, of course, they repented. Enter Anne Hutchinson. Hutchinson was a learned and outspoken woman at a time when women were supposed to be compliant and silent. Hutchinson has an interesting backstory that includes being taught by her preacher father, who really, really wanted to have sons, but didn't have any so he taught his daughters as if they were his sons. So she got a really good education for the time. She was also a midwife, and by all accounts, a very good one. At a time when death in childbirth wasn't uncommon, Anne was known for saving her patients. The fact that she bore 15 of her own without any issues, for the women who have gone through pregnancy and labor, I'll just take a moment for that number to sink in. Again, She had 15 children. She bore 15 children on her own. And with that, she was a comfort for those women she worked with. 
Another form of comfort she would give were Bible verses and quotations that helped ease the emotional, if not physical, pain of childbirth. As more women got to know her, they invited her to their gossip sessions. I'm not trying to sound patriarchal here. They actually were called gossip sessions, and this is probably where we get the term gossip. Uh, Gossip as it was known then was a little bit different. Back then, gossip was getting together and discussing the latest gospel readings and sermons from the previous week's service. Not quite the same as what we consider it today. Anne Hutchinson, with her background in education, was the star of these events. There was a problem Anne kept running into, however. Anne, with her background and education, had a habit of teaching about her view of Christianity, which sometimes ran against the Puritan government and what it wanted. For her efforts, she was put on trial and banished. Her crime? Uh, First and foremost, being a woman who had the audacity to believe she could teach and preach the word of God the way a man could. Now, I also want to point out that by most accounts, she was actually better. And they thought that Anne was better than the preachers at the time really had to rankle the men in charge. And because she was better, by the time it was all said and done, Anne had a very respectable following, which actually left with her when she was banished from the colony. Her other crime? Preaching a different form of Presbyterian, Calvinist, Reformationist Christianity than that of the leaders of the colony. Now, for those of you who are still with me and may be thinking, who cares? This took place 500 years ago, and... The village of Boston in 1637 was nothing like the city of Boston today. Now, while it's very astute of you to know the population of Boston in 1637 was around 1,000 compared to the 640,000 people today, again, awesome job on that fact, I'm not actually sure 17th century views are all that different from those today. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until our country's representatives can figure out what the hell is going on. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, They're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. But I speak to border guards, and they tell us what we're getting. What then-candidate and now President Trump is calling for is the elimination of the other. In 1637, the other was Anne Hutchinson, an educated, highly vocal woman who contradicted what the established government wanted. In 2017, the other is, according to Trump, Anyone who is not like him, whoever that is. And that's really what we mean by other in this sense. When Trump speaks of banning Muslims, he's speaking to Christians, almost exclusively white Christians. When he speaks of Mexican immigrants, he's speaking of them as the other, somebody different from him and those like him. He has given those people others to be afraid of. 
The Puritans of the 17th century were doing the same types of things. They were just describing the concept in more eloquent terms. Enter Roger Williams. Williams was a contemporary of Hutchinson's and had been banished himself two years earlier. Williams was a preacher and a teacher, and uh, how best to describe Roger Williams? Well, think of it this way. You're at a party. You're enjoying yourself. Uh, you're talking to some people, and then you make eye contact with this guy that is alone, and there is a definite field around him that no one is entering. He decides to walk up to you, and you get a little nervous because you're thinking, this can't be good. And you soon learned it's not. There's a reason no one is around him. The reason is he's a talker. He's a pusher. He's someone who is going to debate with you no matter what. In fact, the only conversation he truly enjoys is an argument. He is what we think of today when we think of Puritans, a total buzzkill. The difference between Williams and his contemporaries, though, was while the Puritan leaders in Boston believed that everyone ought to believe the same thing, and enforcing that by reconditioning the person to believe or banishing them, Williams believed government should not and could not play a part in religion, and vice versa. Williams was one of the first and definitely one of the most vocal proponents of the separation between church and state. This bugged the theocratic government in Boston, and it bugged them enough to banish Williams in 1635 for this, in their thoughts, heretical thinking. Williams was nothing if not persistent, though. So he moves south and establishes the colony of Providence, which would eventually join Anne Hutchinson's colony to form what we today call Rhode Island. While Williams would go to his grave trying to persuade the people that his form of Presbyterian Christianity was the correct form. He also allowed religious freedom in the colony. While he was a killjoy, he also believed that anyone and everyone had the right to believe in any god they wanted, or, and this was really radical for the time, no god at all. Which brings us back to today. Whatever people believe, or wherever people are from, they have a place in the United States. This country was established and run by immigrants. The Puritans of Boston did not win out in their view of the United States. Williams did. Religious liberties and freedoms are the law of the land. We can say and do things in this country that very few places can claim. And we have in the past and ought in the future to be able to practice those religions, or not at all, without fear of reprisal or banishment, the banishment the Ann Hutchinson had to endure. I can say things about the president that I couldn't in 17th century Massachusetts, or most countries on earth today, because of that freedom. And a presidential candidate and president can say things no one should be able to say also because of that liberty. The reason people like Ann Hutchinson and Roger Williams are important today is because they, even without knowing it, set the stage for us to have the freedoms and liberties we often take for granted. It was the version of Hutchinson and Williams that won, not the version of the Puritans. 
the version that said, we are inclusive, not exclusive. That's what I like to believe anyway. Current events make me wonder. Is the fact that Donald Trump is now president a sign that fear is winning and the society that the Puritans were originally wanting is winning over? What do you think? This has been A Question of History. Thanks for listening. You can help get the word out for this podcast by leaving a review on iTunes. We can also be found at the website aquestionofhistory.weebly.com. There you can find previous episodes with a growing list of topics you can use in the classroom or just for your enjoyment. If you would like to contact the show, there's a page at the website to do so, or you can tweet at us using our Twitter handle, at Q of Hist. Thanks for listening. <laughs>